You are listening to an SAFM podcast, 104 to 107 nationwide. Stream us live on www.safm.co.za or via the SABC Plus app. SABC News, independent and impartial. The Western Cape E-Hailing Association, which represents different e-hailing services, yesterday announced that they were joining the Cape Town taxi strike. In a statement, the association said all their vehicles will be parked and not engage in any normal business with immediate effect. On Thursday, chaos, sporadic stone throwing and violence erupted on major highways in Cape Town as taxi drivers embarked on a week-long stairway amid growing tension with the city of Cape Town authorities over impoundments. Major roads were blocked and stranded commuters were forced to walk, to walk kilometres home. City of Cape Town Mayoral Committee Member for Safety and Security, J.P. Smith, joins us now on the line. J.P., thank you for your time on The Week in View on SAFM. Perhaps let's start with uh, asking you to give us an update on, on the latest regarding the taxi strike. Thank you and good morning to everyone. Um, uh, from yesterday afternoon, the situation was calm. We had the last seven or eight hours of yesterday almost incident-free with um, only one private vehicle being um, set alight uh, at um, Numzamo. Um, and I must say that's quite cowardly. It's a vehicle that broke down. Uh, and really to attack private property is just deplorable. Uh, and I must just roundly condemn all the violence. You always have a right to to strike, but you never have the right to engage in violence and intimidation. And last night, um, a truly terrible outcome uh, took place. We had a, one of our young law enforcement officers um, who was dropping people uh, after helping uh, commuters get home safely through the escort of buses and otherwise uh, dropping colleagues at uh, Inyanga and there was a uh, looks like a drive-by shooting and one of the officers officers quinana lost his life 34 years old absolutely horrible and tragic and doubly so in that the city reached out to the um, taxi industry uh, to help uh, move this issue towards settlement Mm -hmm. and proposed a strategy which they claimed they supported and in response to which they promised there would be a complete cessation of violence. Not that we should have to beg them or anybody should have to ask for a cessation of violence because you never have the right to violence. But because of how things are in South Africa and because of the ineffectiveness of the criminal justice system, people get away with that kind of violence. Yeah. And then last night that happened. So I'm afraid there seems to be an active attempt by the industry to prevent progress. Could it have been avoided, um, JP? And and, and, as, and as you say, it's a broader South African problem that we have. Um, this is not the first time that we see the tax industry flex their muscle in the way that they do because they know how many people uh, uh, depend depend on their services. Uh, that in fact, if they decide to shut things down, they, they do so, and and unfortunately, they do so violently. If this is known, could this not have been avoided in your deliberations, in your negotiations with them to, in fact, not now even need to be calling for for a cessation because you could have avoided it in the first place? No, Um, ma'am. I don't believe that is the case at all. In fact, I don't even think that the reasons the taxi industry give for the conflict now are the true reasons. I think what we're seeing is economic sabotage of competitors under the smokescreen or fig leaf of, of strike action or 
And again, the strike action um, in and of itself, that's their economic prerogative. They have the right to make that economic decision as, as service providers. What you don't have the right to do is violence and intimidation. And I don't know how many times I can say this. And I do find it deplorable that not every radio station, television station, publication and politician in this country is screaming at the top of their lungs that the violence is completely and utterly unacceptable. We have other public transport service providers who step in when the minibus taxis do this. Others step in and do additional services and to a very significant extent would compensate for that. However, that is made impossible by the violence and the intimidation. So the real problem here is not the withholding of services, but the fact that the taxi industry is increasingly less an industry and increasingly more so contains people who are who use criminal methods to get the outcomes they want. We have been in, the, in, in discussions with them for many years. I sat on the taxi task team. We I attended three out of the last f um, four meetings in the last six months. And in those meetings, uh, the provincial government made more than uh, almost 7,000 additional permits available on the routes they asked for. 700 of those were immediately uh, put on the system. More than 300 of those have not been taken up. So is that really the reason for the protest, the additional permits? I don't think so. I think it's a smokescreen. And if you talk about the, the enforcement actions, the enforcement actions is done in terms of a national law. The taxis drive appallingly. Every South African has experience of this every day. Commuters lose their lives. Everybody complains about it. We see these horrible accidents and then everybody says, what can be done to avoid it? Well, what can be done is consistent enforcement without fear or favor, where all people who use our roads are treated equally and are equal before the law. And we are doing our jobs. When we uh, find tick, um, minibus taxis, as we do every day, and for a very few and more serious cases, like driving on sidewalks, driving into oncoming traffic, driving over traffic lights, driving over stop streets, in those cases, we will impound because as the operator of that minibus taxi or Avanza or e-hailing vehicle or bus, you are responsible for the lives of all the people in that vehicle. You dare not drive like that. You are the custodians of their life. You have enormous responsibility. And I don't think that those uh, that the industry is taking that responsibility for safety nearly strongly enough. The legislation does. So they have a problem with national legislation and all of us should be joining in, in, in demanding better quality transport for, for the poorest commuters and not justifying or trying to vindicate the, the, the actions of, of thuggery and criminality. Talking about responsibility, uh, JP, what responsibility does the city um, take for what, for many, were, were shocking, shocking visuals for people who weren't on the ground, um, of, of people trying to to make their way in, in into buses, some people having to to sleep at the at, at the bus terminal, and many having to work several kilometres to get to make their way home. The expectation was that the city would come to the party and, in fact, support these these people. The the, the taxi association association says that they're not responsible for what's happening because they, they are not operating. So they're absolving themselves. And of course, we know they can't do that. They can't just absolve themselves. But for the city, ultimately, um, you're responsible for, for the residents of, of the city. Did you fail them on, on Thursday when many were stranded and had to walk, walk kilometers in the middle of the night to get home? So absolutely not, ma'am. Um, and again, I, my words are barely cold, and I'm afraid you are doing exactly what I, I suggested that the, the, the media should avoid doing, and that is vindicating or justifying the, the use of violence and intimidation 
as as strategies barely was the let's start with the announcement firstly the excuse for the strike was the confrontation at the station deck let's just remember what happened at the station deck the station deck was routine enforcement that happens every single day in every city around this country during that a traffic officer was assaulted that caused more police officers to arrive a standoff occurred the taxis blockaded the roads public order police uh, fired stun grenades at some point four live rounds were then discharged by a, the group of of taxi drivers who were huddled together towards the police the police searched a taxi which they believed uh, contained the firearm that's where you see the officer breaching the window so the entire incident the excuse at least for the incident and for the stay away was precipitated by violence two incidents of violence by the industry itself then they announce a stay away in the middle of the day not giving commuters the chance to get home safely and barely is the um, stay away announced within minutes we see burning of three buses another one um, another three yesterday so six at least possibly seven buses that's over 8 million rand 8 and a half million rands worth of damages attacks on my city buses the burning out of an ambulance attack on a school looting of trucks eight or seven or eight trucks and private vehicles destroyed what has that got to do with the stay away that's that's violent criminality and thuggery and were it not for that many of the other public transport operators would have been able to step in and compensate as such we have been escorting buses to their destination bus by bus ambulance by ambulance hundreds and hundreds yesterday i was at the disaster operation center watching the coordination of all this for hours um and we uh, where it is impossible or made impossible by taxi criminality to do that we have uh, created staging areas like on muway like on um on on some other communities uh where the commuters can access the public transport but that is unfair to them because they're having to walk a lot further than they would otherwise if there were not constantly attacks on these buses so the behavior is deplorable i'm but i'm afraid you need to go look for that problem with the leadership of the industry who is not apparently in control of the members and if they're not in control of the members then are they truly the leadership perhaps if you can speak to to um working with the the police who understand the police minister um what was on the ground as well uh, what has uh, en- engagement with them looked like has that helped in any way um minister clearly um i'm afraid really adds uh, value to these occasions because as you saw he took his opportunity to throw fuel on the fire and make um a uh, disparaging remarks about about other public office bearers so i don't see how that is meant to help that is meant to be facetious and provocative so but we we really expect assistance from his quarter what is productive is the very good working relationship on the ground with saps members and very sincere and professional uh, uh cooperation uh, and collaboration with people like the provincial commissioner Uh, Lieutenant General Patakile who we work with extremely well and the many senior SAPS members and members on the ground yesterday as I was going from from site to site where tires have been set alight uh, we worked hand in hand with SAPS everywhere spoke to many of the SAPS members we have an excellent working relationship on the ground and in fact SAPS are standing with us firmly on the enforcement efforts in this regard so the working relationship on the ground is good as with all the other partners the disaster operations center contains all these role players in a room and they're all working extremely closely together even private security and neighborhood watches um are are supporting um and in many communities they are themselves curtailing um uh, attempts at thuggery and attacks on public transport 
vehicles. So we are we're working well together. I did reach out uh, to the taxi industry via my uh, colleagues Rob Quintus and the provincial MEC uh, Ricardo McKenzie with a proposal on how we can define the enforcement uh, matters to assist the industry in offering a solution to their members. Uh, there was a meeting yesterday. They apparently accepted that it was on the condition that there would be no further violence. Uh, and then sadly, as of this morning, it looks like another truck destroyed and uh, a life destroyed last night in the form of Officer Quinana. And if that life, if we discover today that that life of that death relates to the taxi industry, there is going to be a very serious conversation amongst our own ranks in the city and the province mm-hmm. about the appropriate response to that. Going forward, JP, where where or where is the the solution here? Because it sounds as though as a city, you're saying you're taking a hard nosed approach, and I suppose the industry is also doing the same. That impoundments will in fact uh, uh, continue for as long as these vehicles are not roadworthy. There's poor they poorly operated, and, and all the other issues that you've listed here. It, it's it's a, it's a sort of a stalemate, isn't it? If if they are saying we we refuse to to operate, we refu- refuse to engage, and you're saying you. you you're not prepared to to let up, in fact, on, on the rules that you've put in place? Ma'am, we haven't put the rules in place. The rules are put in place by national government. These laws are national laws. It's called the National Land Transportation Act. It's a law that applies specifically to national land transport, whereas the National Road Traffic Act applies to all other road users. So national government has specifically reserved these additional impoundment uh, features uh, for public transport vehicles. The act says that you impound a vehicle when it does not have an operating license. In other words, it's a rogue or pirate taxi operating on a route it shouldn't be on. And you do that to prevent violence. You do that to prevent the taxi wars that start otherwise. And then after the war starts, everybody says, well, what did you do to stop it? What we do to stop it is every day consistently enforce that law. The law says if you are off your route or you violate any other traffic act, the, the, the authorities may impound. So we only impound a very small percentage. The bulk of what we do is normal issuing of fines as for all other road users. But fines don't change behavior with public transport operators. They could care less about fines. And uh, the the only thing that matters, and it matters as you can see it matters, it, it actually affects the industry, is impoundment because it forces the owner to take responsibility for the conduct of his driver and the dangerous conditions his driver is is creating. And so on on that score, it is the right thing to do. And we why sh- is there a negotiation? Since when is there a negotiation of the law? When SARS comes to you and, and collects tax from you and you don't want to pay that tax, can you do what the taxi industry is doing now? Can, can they do that to SARS next and say, well, we don't feel we should be paying these taxes or uh, complying with employment equity legislation or anything else? No. So why is there any tolerance for this kind of behavior under these circumstances when it's actual life and death? when the bad driving behavior is causing the mm. deaths of people every day on our road. Why is there tolerance for this? So so if this remains the stance of the city, why should the industry come back to, to the table for discussions? Because it sounds as though you're not prepared to move from your stance. So the industry claims that the reason they're unhappy with the enforcement is that we enforce for petty measures. And the answer all uh, along that is that that's dishonest, and they know it's dishonest. We don't enforce for broken number plates. We don't impound a vehicle for a broken number plate or not um, indicating, etc. Those are fines. But in order to settle that debate, in order to make sure it can't be used as an excuse again, although a new excuse will simply be used, 
Uh, I offered yesterday that we will draw up a list of issues which we will sign with them on Sunday morning, tomorrow morning, to indicate what we will impound for and what we will uh, fine for. And these are things they agree with. In these meetings, they agree that those are appropriate. This you should impound for. That is correct. This you should fine for. So they agree with those things in meetings. Of course, in the arena amongst their peers, sometimes that changes and then different narratives emerge. But in meetings like yesterday, they agreed. It was also premised on the fact that there would be no further violence. And again, as I said, if Officer Quinano lost his life last night in relation to a taxi thing, we're going to have a very serious problem on our hands. Finally, JP, what what is your message and what are you saying to the residents of the city of, of Cape Town who, who are worried about needing to find more expensive alternatives, who are worried about their safety, um, who are worried about what the future what the future looks like here and and, 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 and uh, whether or not their well-being, in fact, can be assured by the city? What's your message to them? Well, they can see that we have their backs, ma'am. I don't have to tell them that we intend to. They can see us escorting the buses. They can see us trying to create and patrolling communities, trying to create stability. And yesterday when I was going around between different communities, people came and said that to me. People came and spoke to me. So I can see that many people see that. Maybe not everybody will agree. Never, Everybody never agrees on, on anything. But many people see us out there actively trying to, to improve that safety and... Uh, we are escorting the buses and the taxis are not the most affordable alternative. The trains were the most affordable alternative, but the trains were systematically sabotaged into oblivion. And we now know from the criminal proceedings that happened and the testimony of at least one of the arsonists that the minibus taxi industry had an active hand in destroying the trains to remove competition, which is what I, I put it to you. They are also busy doing now with the strike as a smokescreen in terms of removing uh, buses as competition to further a monopoly. We'll have to leave it there for now, um, JP. Let me appreciate uh, your time uh, with us here on SAFM uh, d- during uh, you know this this uh, difficult period as you continue um, the the negotiations and continue, of course, to ensure that uh, the city of Cape Town is safe for all of its residents. JP Smith, mayoral committee member for safety and security the city of Cape Town. We did invite Santaco to participate in the conversation. And as soon as they do agree and accept our invitation, we'll include their view as well. You can find SAFM Current Affairs on 104 to 107 nationwide. Our podcasts are available for download on all our digital platforms. SAFM, leading the conversation.